is Seattle Sports Diaries Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. Real quickly, this is not the setup that I had in Dream, but you know what? Here's the problem. CenturyLink sucks, and I have no Wi-Fi, so I have to do it over my phone tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you're echoing a little bit. Echoing a little bit, huh? So maybe I got to keep it just down just a little bit, but... um. We'd like to welcome in our uh, first guest of the night. Uh, I know this is kind of weird because uh, usually we do the, uh, oops, almost, uh, uh, did, I switched the music a little bit, but uh like to welcome in our first guest, uh, Tybo Rogers. What's going on, brother? Hey, thanks for having me, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, man, no problem. Um, Yes, people, uh, for everybody who is not aware, we're not actually doing the baseball segment right now. We actually got Tybo right here, uh, who just committed to Washington. And uh, first of all, Tybo, congratulations on the commitment. Um, First things first, man, what was it about the University of Washington that it screamed Tybo Rogers, it screamed to have you come and play in front of perhaps the best fans in college football? I'm really the really the whole city, man. And really the um really the Hold on. Yeah, the <laughs> What was it again? Fuck. Yeah, uh, no problem. So uh what was it about uh the visit to Washington that screen type of Rogers? What was it about Washington that said and that, or that told you this is exactly where I want to play, especially in front of the best fans in college football. Uh, the visit, really, the um, player that um, like me, that was really my big thing was going out there. I wanted to see how um, how everybody was, and the players were just like me, and that made me more comfortable to play and really, really feel myself there. So that's really the big thing. What kind of role do you see uh, for yourself just in the uh, in the Husky offense? I know, like, I'm not sure if you watched over the last couple of years. Obviously, there's going to be a very different scheme coming in this year, as I'm, I'm sure Coach DeBoer, Coach Grubb, Coach Marks have told you. But um, what kind of role did they kind of uh, envision for you in that offense? Uh, pretty A pretty big role because they really like to use the running back a lot, like a passing running back. So that's a big key in my game I, that I can do. Is I can not only run the ball, but I can go out for a pass. What are you, do you have any personal goals for yourself in your senior season? Uh, yeah, I have a lot of goals. I have a lot of goals. What's, what's number one? Uh, probably go to a ball game. Win a ball nice. game. Hey, that's always, that's always everybody's dream. By the way, I just figured out the layout. It, this is the first time I've ever had to do the podcast via my phone. Um, I'm going to definitely be having a very strong word with uh, CenturyLink because not happy about this one. But you know what? Hey, we do what we do. We do what we do to got to – basically do the show. And by the way, Roman, um, for everybody who does not know, the countdown to 100 is now at four. By the end of the show, it'll be at three. We are four podcasts away from episode number 100. And 
as everybody knows, that show is going to be an absolute banger. But uh, Tybo, what is um, here's here's an interesting question for you. So with with how much uh, history that UW has, and there's been so many players that have come and gone. Uh, you were under the tutelage of one of those players. He was your coach. And tell us what was it like to basically be coached up by perhaps one of the greatest Husky running backs of all time. Yeah, Rashawn Yeah, shout out to my coach, Rashawn Shee. He taught me, um, taught me a lot to run that back position and also taught me a lot about Washington because he'd been there himself. So he probably played a pretty big role in that for teaching me things. That's how, like, his point of view, a real point of view and not someone else's. So that played a big role, I'll say. That's awesome. Are you are you trying to get anybody else to come up there with you? I mean, obviously we've seen all the uh, all the recruits just like this big wave over the last three weeks or so. Is there anybody that you're just like on the phone with, like, hey, come come look up with me up at UW? Nah, nah, I was. I'm kind of 100 percent right now. I got my friend um, Tua up there. He probably committed. He committed when we were up there, I believe June 23rd. Yes, sir. That, that was my big one. And That's I kind of awesome. got. Uh, shout out to him. Love that. that you know, um, so, uh, you know, uh, coming down, you're coming up from California, by the way. Um, and of course the university of Washington has just a history of taking some of the best from the state of California and turning them into their own, basically, you know, Washington product. I mean, it, you, it must feel really lucky to be one of the many, many young men who have actually come from the great state of California. and uh, you know, basically now you ha- you're going to be coming to a program that's very famous for getting those ca- those California kids, bringing them up here, making them into their own. But I mean, I know you're going to I know you're so excited to just uh, start your journey here with purple and gold. Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, I, got, uh, I got, I got, sorry, sorry, uh, but Mike, I got, I got one quick question. So I, uh, Tybo, I've talked to a lot of like other backs like yourself who have, um, who've talked about coach Marks and uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about your relationship with him. And also I'd love to know what it is about um, why, why is it that he's so interested in backs that are a little bit uh, undersized? It's something that I talked with Jason Brown who goes to O'Day up here in Seattle. Uh, he said that he likes backs that are a little bit undersized. And the quote he was, he gave me was uh, runs bigger than their size. What, what is it about that that um, stands out to him so much? My first thing about coach Lee Marks is he's a real genuine guy. He kept everything real from the front and I, Really respect that about Coach Lee Marks. Uh, um, yeah, about his uh, running backs, he likes them so they can go out for passes. Like some 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 big backs can't run; they can't run kind of fast. So he likes them small and go out for passes, kind of like a receiver type, so he can move them from the slot to the receiver, all type of places. So does, does he see you lining up in the slot a little bit? Yeah. Yes, it does. Nice. Um, what 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 do you what is your uh, main goal, honestly, for your first year here at UW? I know I know you said you want to get to a bowl game, but personally wise, personal wise, what is a goal for you coming to the University of Washington and joining this prestigious program? Uh, my main goal is to really get as comfortable as I can, get as comfortable with the um the nutrition staff, the coaching staff, the team, everyone around. So really get comfortable. I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish I could get familiar with the nutrition staff. Maybe they can help me lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> but, I follow the like the Conover Shell House menu on Instagram. It always looks so good. I'm like, ah, I, uh, I take like 10 minutes to cook for myself. This all looks great. I, I wish I could be, I could be back in college or something like this again. Are you planning way, on uh, enrolling early at all? 
Yeah, I'll be leaving um December. December. Okay, gotcha. Nice. Uh, for everybody wondering, uh, as you can see the banner right there below, uh, everybody, we just want to remind you, be sure to subscribe to BS Commentaries. That is our second YouTube channel, by the way. That is our movie commentary podcast. And also be sure to follow that, follow that podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google. Uh, we just posted two episodes, two new episodes. We did, we just did, we, cause, uh, we just wrapped up Heartbreak Ridge on Wednesday. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Tybo. Um, I have really heard good. That. You've heard of it? I haven't. Oh, you haven't? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so, Tybo, have you ever heard of that movie? No, I haven't. Okay. So, I would highly recommend it to you. It's a Clint Eastwood movie, 1986. Uh, perhaps I think his most underrated of all time. And then uh, just yesterday we did a movie commentary with the, uh, we teamed up with the excuse the intermission podcast, give them a follow on uh, Apple and Spotify. And we just started the star Wars trilogy. So we start, or the old star Wars trilogy, of course, everybody knows those movies though. But um, so, uh, so about you, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let, tell the fans just a little bit about who is Tybo Rogers. Uh, something about me is, um, I'm a really chill guy. I like fishing. I like the outdoors a lot. I'm not really inside. I'm really outdoors. I'm either fishing, hanging with the guys, doing something. Not really in the house, laying down, doing that really active guy. Dude, oh, you picked the per- you picked the perfect state to come to. Then <laughs> we got all of that. We got we got fishing. We got swimming, and, and especially during the summers. The summers are perfect here. We're about to hit. What is it like? Uh, Mid nineties this week. I think it's the I think it's the mid nineties this week. We're about to hit that, so um, I got a week off from work. So I'm gonna just I'm just gonna go chill out at the lake, and uh, but yeah, I mean you're you're actually coming at the right time um, for a guy who loves you know the outdoors, who loves to go fishing. You could not have picked the perfect, more perfect state to uh, to come and have adventures with. So here's another question I'm asking. So. Of course, uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm not gonna, I think Ro- Roman's going to be the one that has to look this up uh, because I'm not going to be the one doing all the stats, unfortunately, today. But, I mean, who's the one opponent in your first season that you are most looking forward to facing? Liberty. Liberty High. Liberty High. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, are, for, is that with the foot, uh, your high school right now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was talking about when you come here to Washington. Oh, Washington, Washington, <laughs> Washington. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, no, 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 probably, you're fine. <laughs> probably USC. Yeah, USC for sure. There you go. I, li- I like that. Oh, I like you guys watch- are going to East Lansing next year, too. You guys are playing at Michigan State. That's going to be a big one. Okay. Are you, um, are you planning on coming up for any, any games during the season? Yeah, it depends on what um my bye week. It all depends on my bye week, whatever game that is. So I'll probably be at that game. Gotcha. There you go. There you go. Um, so uh, what I mean, like the so being a being a kid down there in California, you know, there there's so many incredible football players who have come out of from the state of California. Um, so what are your goals coming here to the University of Washington? What is it that you have intended for yourself? Like, is it is it NFL aspirations? Is it I'm coming here to get my degree, but I'm also coming here to show what I can do uh, in the football standpoint of view? I'm coming there um, to go to the NFL and um, probably my degree, too. I'm looking focused on that, too. But mainly 
NFL because that's been my dream for so long. There you go. There. You go. Uh, what What are you gonna be majoring in? Do you know yet? Uh, I want to do psychology, physiology, but they didn't have it, so I gotta um see what else I could I could look for or some and that. Good grief! These kids are these kids are dude Roman. These kids are doing psych- psychology majors. Man, they're smarter than us. <laughs> hey man, I got my degree in sports communications. Like it literally doesn't get easier than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, last thing, Tybo. First of all, um, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, I appreciate you taking you know a couple minutes out of your day to definitely do this, and uh, we appreciate the heck out of you for doing this. So, uh, last thing, uh, do you have any message? for the uh, Purple Rain Nation, for the Husky Nation? I mean, what what is your message to the fans of the Huskies? Uh, what do they have to look forward to with Tybo Rogers? Uh, just, y'all going to see. You're just going to see. I don't want to say too much. You guys just going to see. I love it. Uh, Roman, do you have anything else for, for Tybo before he leaves? That's all I got. Appreciate you coming on, man. All right. Thank you for having me. No problem, Tabo. Hey, th- hey, good luck uh, this season in your uh, high school, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next year here in, in uh, Purple and Gold. All right, thank you. No problem, man. Have a good night. All right, you too. Tybo Rogers, everybody, and uh, that was uh, that was re- a, good, a really nice way to kick things off. Um, like I said, I mean, this is the mo- I think this is the most ghetto style that I've ever done this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> By it's just way, like everything is like throwing me off in the background. I'm like, this isn't what I'm used to seeing. By the way, can I actually, I need to give a huge shout out to the No Shoes Nation. Um, I just went to the Kenny Chesney concert this past Saturday. Absolutely had the greatest time of my life. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. So I actually messaged them and they and I said that the shirt that I bought, which was this one, actually had holes in them. And what they said was send us your address and your size. And they didn't just send me a replacement t-shirt. They sent me three, uh, all three of, or three different tour 2022 tour t-shirts. Oh, nice. So really awesome. And, uh, yeah. So Roman, like I said, you need to look up this schedule real quickly because for, Oh, I've got in front of me. Okay. So, uh, who is basically the main opponents this year for for UW? I know, of course, we're gonna be we're gonna be getting into the Wazoo matchup here in a second. But what are these key? What are going to be the key matchups here for the for the Huskies this year? Well, the first big one on the schedule. I mean, obviously, we have to start with Kent State because you can't overlook them. We obviously saw what happened last year. So Kent State, first and foremost, that's what you need to focus on every single day. From now until September 3rd, it's all about Kent State. It's not about Michigan State on the 17th. It's not about Portland State on the 10th. It's about Kent State. Take it one game <laughs> at a time. But as, as I just said, there, there are your first three opponents right there. Kent State, Portland State, Michigan State. Michigan State will be the first real big one. That's going to be coming up on September 17th. Uh, it's going to be a primetime game on ABC. So uh, Also, it's the first time in my memory that I can remember the um, – the athletic department as a whole coordinating a purple out. So they they're asking, yeah, they're going to be asking all fans to uh, to wear purple. Uh, that's going to be a very fun game to be at. I'm I'm not even throwing some purple shoes because you know I I, I got to show my support in, in some way. Um, but yeah, so those are those are going to be the first three big ones, and then uh, they actually have four straight games at home, which I can't remember the last time that happened was. They'll be at, uh, they'll be hosting Stanford on September 24th, which is just always just one of those matchups that you see on. Yeah. 
you just see it every single year and it's like I, I I I never know what to think about going into this game. I remember yeah, uh, real quickly, am, am yeah. I echoing or anything? What's that? Am I echoing or anything? A little bit. Okay, so looks like I gotta turn the music off then. Damn it. Yeah, right. that looks better. That's much better. Okay, yeah. Uh, I guess it only works with the laptop. Uh, real quickly, I need to get to the uh, Facebook comments. Uh, we are going to be doing Mariners talk. It's going to be here in about uh, ten minutes. We just need to. We uh, Roman had Roman uh, is actually headed to the Mariners game later tonight, but we had to get uh, Tybo on here at five o'clock because that was the only time that he could do it. But um, other than that, you know, I will say this though: I think the biggest mat, the biggest game that I'm looking forward to this year for for you, Dub. Doesn't matter what the record is. It's it's going to be that revenge game against Wazoo because, um, look, Wazoo, y'all can brag, y'all can keep, y'all can brag all you want, but it took you seven years to finally put a beat down on us. We've been beating you for seven years, and I'm not going to lie. These guys are going. Uh, these guys who were in that game last year, they're going to come out pissed off. And oh, absolutely. And they're and they're gonna want some revenge. So that's the one game that I'm looking forward to. But you're absolutely right about the Kent State uh, game. You know, last year was it Montana State that we played? Montana. It was Montana. Okay, I, I keep forgetting if it was Montana or Montana State, but um, yeah, Montana. You know, everybody knows what happens in that one. That one was the, I think the most embarrassing game, most embarrassing loss, I think in program history. Yep. Because, you know, Montana didn't just beat us. They made us look like a joke. And that's the one thing that, that honestly, like, irritated me. It irritated me as a, as a Husky fan to watch that because I didn't want to watch my t- – like, I, if we would have lost by three points, I was perfectly fine with it. We didn't lose by three points. I think we lost by 17. To Montana? How many did we lose by Montana? It was 13 to 7. Oh, it's thirteen to seven. Okay, so, um, I sorry, I was I was drawing a blank on. I, I was like, what What game is he talking about? Did, did we watch the same game? Like they were terrible. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. But yeah, no, it was thirteen to seven. That that final. Yeah, score. but I mean, it's 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 the fact that you had you had the better offense. You couldn't do anything. You had. I well, mean, better the, better offense is a stretch when you talk about John Donovan. But you know. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> The defense was playing. I think it's one of its better games that year. Uh, when it came to make keeping keeping them in the game, the defense uh, kept them in every game. Pa- yeah. The passing defense alone kept them in every single game. And then when, like in the last month of the season, when they just started playing some of the tougher teams in the Pac-12, and they figured out, oh, we don't need to throw the ball because they're just letting us run up the middle, and kind of do whatever. Didn't, it really didn't matter at that point. It really didn't. And uh, but no, I mean, uh, to the guys who were on this team last year, they they're def- they're definitely going to want uh, basically a re. They're they're going to they're basically going to do a whole redo for the whole season, which I like um, because I know these guys are going to come out and they're going to they're they're going to be hungry. So, I mean, I don't I don't see this this UW team struggling like they did last year. I I don't think. That's what's going to happen this year. Um, I think we're going to be seeing a UW team come out and they're going to, they're just going to be like, you know, Hey, let's just get out there. Let's go have some fun. But also 
if we get an opponent that we know we can beat, we're not going to make that. We're not. We're not going to make this an easy win for them. We're not going to make this uh, or an easy loss for them. We're going to go out there and dominate. And I feel like that's exactly what. Uh, oh, sorry, what Kalen DeBoer and those guys are going to be doing because they know exactly how embarrassed we got last year. We we were. I think that because I I think you and I can agree. UW last year, football wise, was an embarrassment. Absolutely. It, it, it was an absolute embarrassment. Um, and this is coming from a fan who saw an 0 and 12 Huskies team. I, I remember and, that team all too well. And I I think I think last year's team was worse than that team. I, I, really I, I wouldn't disagree with that point because there was so much talent on last year's team. But look, I don't I'm not gonna put a single ounce of blame on the the majority of players on that team. I've, I had a couple takes about a couple of the inside linebackers who no longer play for the team, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, the issue with this team, or excuse me, with the 2021 team was the coaching staff. Yeah. Coaching. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's what we've been saying for a long time. That coaching staff was terrible. It was, it was, it was, it was hot garbage. And it's, and it started with Jimmy Lake. And obviously a lot of those coaches were holdovers from the Chris Peterson era. So I, I don't, so we, obviously we, we as, as fans, as media members saw what they, like these coaches were capable of because they were still pumping in, pumping NFL guys year in and year out. So clearly they were capable of something, but Jimmy Lake came in, he promoted Bob Gregory to defensive coordinator. He promote after losing Pete Kwiatkowski, which was a really tough loss. And I mean, maybe we saw why he decided to leave. He, and he hired John Donovan. That I, that that's it. I uh, every, been, every time I hear that name, I honestly just want to take a electronic screwdriver and drill it into my head. <laughs> it it's it's nothing but a for me. By the way, since you're going to the Mariners game, I I'm going to nope. I, I want to make you note that the hat that I'm wearing is the hat of destiny because oh I have the same hat. Hey, for 14 straight games, been wearing it's a great hat. I I think I have mine sitting over there somewhere. Can I can we actually say that this might be the hat of destiny? Like, look at that. Uh, I I That's... just I don't want to talk about baseball ever again because the Red Sox are the worst damn team <laughs> I have ever seen, and I hate John Henry and Larry Lachino. <laughs> So much. They are. I'm not. I'm not going to use the words that I want to use. Why not? <laughs> I just knocked his stuff over on my desk. Um, <laughs> he's so angry. He's knocking crap off his desk. It. Besides the point, Mariner fans. I truly, I truly hope the Mariners make the playoffs. I truly enjoy the Mariners. Oh yeah. Have fun. The Red Sox are terrible. <laughs> All right. I wish so, this was tequila. Oh, there you go. Getting damn I'm getting hydrated. There you go. There you go. But um, so before before we get we get done with this one, uh, first of all, Roman, thanks so much for coming on at five o'clock. Yeah, I know thanks we, for having me. I know I know you always come on at what uh, about round six six thirty ish. Well, you always come on about five thirty. No, it's usually on. six six thirty. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is it yeah. okay? Um. I was yeah. gonna say I'll send you screenshots of our texts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never wrong. Yeah, I'm you're wrong. never wrong when you when you text when you text me. But no, see, I'm never wrong except for the times where I'm wrong. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, the uh, the schedule is going to be getting changed here in about a couple weeks because, of course, the Seahawks season will be starting back up. We're going to be getting Riley back on this on this uh, podcast, and he's uh, really excited to get back on here. I know he re- I know he's really happy about uh, always talking Seahawks with me. But uh, you know, hey, uh, again, countdown. The countdown is at four. It's at four right now. But at the end of this podcast, it'll be at three. We will be three away from 100. And like I said, Roman, so we're going to have Mario Bailey on that show. And that's going to be a pleasure because podcast Mario was on this podcast when it first started. Um, Oh, Mario was great. I met him at the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago. Very, very just genuine dude. Oh my God. I, I, I love, I love Mario to death. I want to, I want to ha- go to the cigar lounge with him for God's sakes, because uh, I know he loves his cigars. I know he loves his cigars, but uh, you know, uh, do we have anything else? Uh, I mean, I, I, I just real quickly, it still sounds like the wave of commitments is still just slowly rolling. I know they've lost a couple of targets over the last week or so with uh, the big one being four-star tight end Jackson Bowers decided to commit to BYU today. Uh, that one was tough, but one thing that I had heard from a, uh, a, a very good source that I trust and the pool is starting to thin out. He, uh, he told me that that that's the one position where fans shouldn't be concerned. They don't have a, a current commit at the tight end spot, but from what I was told, and obviously I, I agree with um, having watched the film on most of the guys that have, have offers, that they're in on enough good prospects that no matter who they get at tight end, they're going to be a really good player. So right. that's that's the one thing where obviously it sucks to lose a guy like Jackson Bowers, really, really, really good player, but that's the one where I just say don't don't panic, don't panic on that. And also there are more blue chip recruits on the way. There's at least one more who – uh, is announcing very, very soon, even though I'm basically giving it away without saying the player's name. So Husky fans who follow recruiting can infer what they will, but it sounds like there's going to be some good news coming in, in over the next couple of weeks for, for Husky fans. And we all know what tweet to look out with for, for Kalen DeBoer. We all know what tweet to look at. <laughs> but uh, that's going to do it for this Husky segment. Um, Roman, I will talk to you next Friday, brother. See you soon. Later, man. Hey, enjoy tonight. Be safe. Hey, I will. What, what, am, I, oh. what am I not? No, listen to me. Be safe. Be safe. I'm a very responsible adult, okay? Oh, yeah, that's what they all say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not driving. That's all I can tell you. Good man. All right, I will talk to you next Friday, brother. See you then, man. Later, man. And there you go, Roman. And now comes the moment where it's the Mariners talk. We are on Mariners talk now. Um, And, uh, Real quickly, you know, I wish I wish my Wi-Fi was up. I really wish my Wi-Fi was up because I, I need my laptop right now. Um, but there was a there was a tweet that I saw earlier. And I and I what I need to do is hang on a sec, give me one quick second. Okay, never mind. I don't. I don't think it's going to work. It's going to take too long. It's going to take too long. But uh, getting into the Mariners talk. So uh, this past week for the Mariners, of course, as you know, we are now fourteen straight. And that fourteen straight game came when I was actually at that concert. When I was at the Kenny Chesney concert, and I was there with a bunch of people uh, in the sandbar. And not going to lie, 
Not gonna lie. Uh, hopefully this uh, this works now. But um, you know, it's uh, I'm trying to figure out. Here. Hold on. All right. Um, you know what? I'm not even gonna worry about it. I'm gonna take the music off. So there we go. All right. So time for some talk. So again. I uh, was at the concert this past Saturday and uh, was wearing this hat during that game because during that uh, little bit of a concert uh, before the concert began. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. This Mariners team has captured. This team has actually captured Seattle. People are paying attention to it, you know, because if you were. I don't know, maybe about two years ago, people w- really wouldn't have been paying attention to it, but it's because of, it's because of the winning streak. It really is in part of the winning streak. And I'm not going to lie, you know, is this winning streak good for the Mariners? Absolutely. Because they end the, they end the, they end the first half with a 14 game winning streak. They come in today looking to tie an all time record for the Mariners. And that record was set in 2001 the last and final time that the Mariners have ever made the playoffs so the Mariners have a chance to tie that record tonight I hope they do I want them to tie that record because right now what what we have uh with the Mariners people really don't understand just how special we have it because with what the Mariners are doing this year, because here's the thing, look, coming into this season, the expectations of this Mariners team was the playoffs. It was the playoffs all the way. It was them, you know, winning, I think, uh, 93, 95 games. I think that was the expectation. And, you know, right out, right out of the gate, you know, the Mariners look really good. They look really good, especially coming into that first home stand where they were winning game after game after game. But, then all of a sudden they hit a wall. They they hit a wall in May. And what the Mariners look, what the Mariners have done during this winning streak is absolutely remarkable because they have they've dug themselves out of a hole. Going into this going into this winning streak, the Mariners were nine games under 500. I think that's it. I think nine games under 500. And now they are four games over four games over 500. Four. Four games over 500. And they hold the fifth seed. Uh, and they hold the second wild card spot. So what the Mares have done in a span of two weeks has they've completely dug themselves out of a hole. They're winning ball games. They are 20, they have won 20 of their last 23 baseball games this team is having fun not gonna lie this team is having so much fun and i am enjoying the absolute hell out of this being completely honest i'm just enjoying this um because right now because um i think i said it on the last podcast but softy said we don't need, we don't need to expect the playoffs. We want to expect to have some fun. That's exactly what I'm going to go in 
into the second half just expecting. I'm going to go every game that I go to, which I'm going to tomorrow's game. Um, I'm going to go into every game for the rest of this season, and I'm going to expect this team to have fun. That is exactly what I'm going to expect. And I cannot imagine a more fun team than the Seattle Mariners right now. There's so much fun to watch. You know, we, uh, I also want to get on this. Um, Julio Rodriguez put himself on the map. Every person in a, in the United States of America knows the name Julio Rodriguez. 32, 31, 18. Yep, 18. 83 home runs in, or 80, yeah, 83 home runs in the home run derby. And then, of course, he gets to shine. Uh, he was able to get a couple at-bats in the, in the all-star game. And of course, Ty France, he was able to get off the bench once. Thank God. I don't know why Dusty waited for so waited so long to actually play Ty France in, you know. Not gonna lie, I'm gonna hold a little animosity towards him. I'm I, I'm just I'm just holding a little animosity animosity towards uh, Dusty Baker because you know he doesn't understand what he did with Ty France. Ty France is going to come out into this second half. He's going to be angry. He's going to be angry about, you know, the treatment he did get uh, from the baseball world by waiting so long, waiting so long to actually announce that he was an all-star. I, I, I don't understand why it took that long for baseball to announce that Ty France was an all-star. I don't understand why Rob Manfred thought that Ty France didn't deserve an all-star ballot because um, we found out that it's actually hot in here. I'm sorry. It's actually really hot in this room, even with the window open. But, you know, it's, it's very frustrating to have to see players like Ty France get snubbed the way they do. It was even tough to see Logan Gilbert get snubbed, but I'm not going to lie. You know, that snub by Logan Gilbert didn't really affect me that much as Ty Francis because um, the pitching for the American League this year was absolutely incredible. You know, there were, there were I think there was only four relief pitchers, and Penn Murphy should have been one of them. Penn Murphy should have been one of them. Because Penn Murphy has been absolutely incredible. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like, uh, I don't know. It's it's just, I think with what Julio Rodriguez did in the Home Run Derby and what he's done now for uh, the Seattle Mariners is he's helped put them, you know, He's helped put him in the limelight. He's he's actually helped the Mariners a little bit, and especially with next year with the All Star Game coming to Seattle, being able to be played in Seattle. And let me go ahead and check this. Sorry about this, guys. Um, I'm actually checking the. Okay, so they haven't revealed it yet. Sorry about that. They haven't revealed it yet. They have not revealed the 
all-star logo. But I got a feeling they're going to probably release it here within the hour. And I'm not going to lie. It's going to possibly look really good. Hold on a second. Sorry about this, guys. I got, I need to text one of my co-hosts. Um, sorry, guys. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. I, I Again, I did not mean to do that. I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how it's going to look on YouTube. I don't know how it's, how the audio is going to look, but it said it was recording, but, um, you know, and another thing about this, about this uh, home run derby that did a lot for is all this one Soto talk. And that's something that I really wanted to get into because, you know, the, the, the thing that I have with this is, you know, what exactly are the Mariners willing to give up? Because they are, they are in the mix for, they're in the mix for the Juan Soto trade. Uh, Bob Nightingale posted about it and he says that, you know, the Mariners are definitely in talks with the Nationals. And so the thing about it is, is that what is Jerry DePoto really willing to give up? What exactly is Jerry DePoto willing to give up? Because, you know, no doubt, Noel B. Marte is going to be part of that. Jared Kelnick's going to be part of that. Matt Brash, Emerson Hancock, and maybe Edwin Arroyo. Maybe Edwin Arroyo as well are going to be thrown in there. It's either going to be Marte or Arroyo who gets thrown in there. One of those two guys is on the verge of possibly getting traded. Or not, not on the verge, but I, I, let me rephrase that. One of those two guys is going to be part of that trade because, I mean, you can't, you, you, you're you not going to be able to trade for Juan Soto and not walk away with your number one uh, prospect still on the team. But we also forget, Jerry DePoto has been able to swing trades that we just never understood. And, you know, today, uh, Kyle Lewis is back. He's playing right field for the Mariners tonight which I'm super, super excited about. Cannot believe Kyle Lewis is back. And I don't think Kyle Lewis is going to miss a beat because one of our Facebook users uh, asked him that. I don't think he's going to miss a beat because when he came back, I think it took him about a game to really get back into the swing of things and he was off and rolling. Kyle, if Kyle Lewis had not gotten that concussion, I think the Mariners probably win three or four more games before the all-star break. I'm just saying, um, you know, we could have seen the Mariners win 20 or we could have seen the Mariners win 22 of the last 23 or uh, 25 of the last 26 games. You know, we, we really could have seen it because with Kyle Lewis being out that that was, that was a big bat that we lost. That was a big, big tremendous loss that we did lose because it was so, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 you really do, you really do feel for Kyle Lewis because um, that was truly an unfortunate accident. Hang on a sec, guys. I need some water because my throat is actually killing me. Sorry about this. All right. Sorry about that. Had to get, had to get water. Um, but. Yeah, 
I don't think Kyle Lewis loses a beat. Loses a beat. I think he because if uh, look, I think his time down in the minors was beneficial for him because he was able to get that swing back. He was able to stay in stride of what he was doing, you know, earlier on during the entire during the, during the stretch that he was on, and. You know, I find it funny because tomorrow Justin Verlander is pitching. We all know what happened last time Justin Verlander was on the mound against the Mariners. Julio took him deep and Kyle Lewis took him deep. And that was special enough. I was able to get I was able to get out and see that. That was special enough to see that. Because um you know, it, it, again, it is Justin Verlander. You, you're not gonna, you're not gonna talk shit about Justin Verlander. I'm not gonna talk shit about Justin Verlander because Verlander is a Hall of Fame pitcher. Whether any, whether people want to doubt it or don't even want to agree to it, Justin Verlander is a Hall of Fame pitcher. And the fact that Kyle Lewis and Julio Rodriguez got the best of him, that was special to watch, especially in person. Uh, you know, if you saw it on TV, great. But when you if you, when you see something like that in person, it's it's so cool. It is just so cool to see that type of moment. And uh, let me go ahead and message K Hart. I want to see if I can get him on here right now. That way we can kind of end this like really ghetto type of podcast. Mark is not going to be available tonight, um, because. Uh, I, I don't know. I just decided that this podcast is just going to be just a little bit short due to the fact that there's no Wi-Fi, and I'm I'm actually out of my comfort zone. I'm actually really out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to lie because I I don't like doing this via via my phone um, because it's uh, I don't know. It's it, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to. Especially with Matt being out. If, if, if I was able to hear the music, then I would be able to keep a beat. That's what I'm saying because I can't really have the music on because, I don't because again, my voice echoes and there's no echo cancellation. And I don't have my professional mic on here. So it, it's, it's really difficult. But um, no, getting back to the Mariners, you know, do I see the Mariners trading for Juan Soto? Yes and no. I can see them trying to trade for him. But the you know there, there there's there's kind of an interesting little thing that I want to talk about is let's say we're the Seattle Seahawks and we trade for I don't know Matthew Stafford I'm I'm just I'm just throwing out a name okay or Joe Burrow let's say we're able to get him and in two years we're able to win a Super Bowl. And is and, and and was it worth it? Yeah, sure. But you you had to trade the farm for him. You had to trade draft picks for him. And that's the problem that we see with this Juan Soto trade is you only have control of him for two years. It's not a guarantee that Juan Soto signs a major a major deal with the Mariners. And Jerry Depoto's never really been that type of guy who trades for a guy and then signs him to a big deal. He's never been that type of guy. So uh, the question is, so again, uh, the, the, the question and answer is, do I think the mayors will trade for Juan Soto? No, I don't. But do I think they will trade for a starting pitcher? Yes, I do. And I think it's going to be Luis Castillo because 
The reason why I say Luis Castillo is the Reds are willing to, they are willing to sell low with Luis Castillo. And they, they've said it before. They're willing to sell low with these guys. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Reds organization is a terribly ran organization. The front office is stupid and the ownership has absolutely no goddamn clue what they're doing. They don't. And, um, and, and, and also not to mention, speaking of, speaking of ownership, the Oakland athletics should be ashamed of themselves for allowing Paul Blackburn, their only all-star to fly with the Astros. First of all, great, Great little gesture by the Houston Astros to let him fly with the team to L.A., but shame on the Oakland Athletics for not giving that man a, a, a plane ride to L.A. He's got to pay for it out of his own money. That, that's just ridiculous. Um, so, again, you know, uh, the, the the trade that I do see the Mariners doing is you know, they're, they're going to go out and possibly get Luis Castillo. They're going to get a starting pitcher. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who the starting pitcher is. The Mariners are going to go out and get a starting pitcher because, um, you know, uh, Kirby's coming up on innings. He's only going to be allowed 100 innings, and that's it. Once he's at 100 innings, it's stopped. His season is over. The Mariners need another starting pitcher, and you got to get the right one. That's all I'm going to say, you know, really, I, I really, my only option I'm, I'm looking at is Luis Castillo. And I think you can get Luis Castillo for two, three prospects. That's it. I, I really believe it. You know, and the funny thing is, is that they don't have to be those top 10 prospects. They don't have to be that high of a prospect. They can be your 30 to 15 prospects. You can trade one of those three in, in, in that order. You can trade three of three top uh, between 15, top 15 to 30 picks or prospects and get Luis Castillo. The, the, the Reds are willing to sell low. So what the hell do you have to lose? You don't have any, you don't have much to lose. I'm being honest. Mariners don't really have a lot to lose when it comes to losing those those lower prospects. That's what I'll say, um, because I feel like those <clears throat> excuse me those lower prospects are very expendable. They're they're, they're able to, they're able to, um, you know they're they're able to they're able to to get the value out of those guys before they ever play. So that's gonna be so that's gonna be that. Um, my preview, though, uh, like I said, so this is my advice to all CS Rise Nation. Um, this is my advice, and look who's here. Look who's here. It's uh, it's the man. It's it's the, it's our man. Too early at that, brother. Man, you interrupted my anime session. Ah, I apologize. My my apologies, sir. But uh, we uh, I'm trying to kind of get this ghetto style podcast done. I don't have any Wi-Fi, so I have to do it over my phone today. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but uh, so, to, so to wrap up this Mariners session, I want to go ahead and say this to the Mariners fans. Uh, so this is my advice to you. Don't expect the playoffs in this second and Do not expect, do not expect the playoffs for this second half. 
Don't expect us to get to the playoffs. Don't expect us to make a playoff run. But my ex, but the expectation is, go out and watch these kids have fun. That's the expectation of this second half. Watch these kids. Watch them have fun. Have fun yourself watching this team. Because the reason why you don't get playoff expectations, every year I've had playoff expectation, expectations during the second half, my heart has been crushed. So I'm not expecting the playoffs in one little tiny little bit. That's it. That's it. Hands down. All right. Mariners talk is over. Kehart, the what a splash the Kraken have made in this free agency. Yes. Oh Lord. Yeah. Um it was unexpected. I wasn't sure um if they were gonna do anything beyond just resign the uh the current team. Um I mean I mean let's see. It's been a while since I've been here. Uh because last time I was in here, the draft hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Now on to the draft. We got Shane Wright fourth overall at that, which is bonkers to me. Um, and now we have Oliver Bjorkstrand from the Columbus Blue Jackets. I could not believe when I saw the Bjorkstrand announcement. And again, this this is something that, I, that I've been waiting to talk about with you. Shane Wright. Okay. The fact that this kid fell into the hands of the Seattle Kraken. It's unbelievable. This this kid has been said that he is a, a reincarnation of Sidney Crosby. That's what I've actually heard of some people say. I've seen the clips of this kid. Wow. This, him and Matty Beneers on the ice. Oh, my God. Uh, Borkstrand. And uh, uh, who did we get from the Avalanche? Uh, uh, the last thing. I'm sorry. I forgot myself. Yeah. But, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Right now, the Kraken are sitting so well with free agency because they've made the necessary moves to improve their team. Okay. Um, I want to say that this Kraken team right now is slight, slightly better than last year because no, there, there, there is no slightly. They're definitely better already. But now, but now yeah. you have your first line. You have first line guys. Um, Shane Wright, from what I've heard, I think is possibly going to be put right into the starting role right away. Mm-hmm. He's not even going to try. They're not even going to give him that. Uh, they're not even going to send him down to Coachella. Which, first of all, the Coachella Firebirds freaking love that. I freaking love that name. What is it with you guys and birds? Ugh. Um. <laughs> Well, that's not well. Shane starting opening night is that's not really a surprise to me. The reason why is because historically speaking, the top ten usually start that first year, like right mm-hmm. after they're drafted. Historically, I, I can't recall a time where a top five pick was cut in half. A top five pick did not start. Like I'm, when Connor uh, got drafted, he started. When Austin got drafted, he started. So on and so forth. So this is not a surprise. Um, but can we talk about the fact that he only fell to the Kraken because of his so-called bad attitude, which was later revealed to just be that he had confidence? <laughs> and see, this is what I don't understand. This is what I don't understand from teams. Why are you so afraid of a guy with that much confidence? That that's a, that's a problem with me because yeah. Look, take a chance on a kid who's got that much confidence. If he falls, he falls. You have the ability to develop him 
if he falls. And that's what right. I don't understand about a lot of these teams because, you know, the, the first of all, I love the stare down that Shane Wright gave the Canadian t- table. No it doubt. cracked me up. But also, can we also mention of the stupidity of the Arizona Coyotes? Because they easily could have taken Shane Wright. They could have had their franchise player right, right there. In my opinion, the Coyotes made the wrong decision. The Canadians made the wrong decision. And who the hell had the second pick? Um, um, good question. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Real quick, real quick. I don't have my laptop. Real quick, real quick. Have- no, I got you. I got you. Real quick. We about to, we about to make fun of whoever passed up on him. Hold up. Um, okay, let me just go to the draft. Okay, Jersey. Oh my God! As if Jersey wasn't easy to make fun of. Right there, you go. But Boom. No, no, easy. It, it's unbelievable. Three teams walk away from a kid who's got so much confidence that they're that's what they're afraid of. You're afraid of taking a chance on a kid with confidence. Fine. Guess what? Give him to the Kraken. Guess what the Kraken are going to do? Shane Wright will hold a Stanley Cup, and he'll hold it up like this. He will hold it up like this to every right. team passed on him. And I'm perfectly okay with that because, again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with having confidence in your own abilities. Look at Matty Beneers. Matty Beneers is a, a really good example of someone who he has also got confidence in his game. But – the Kraken knew exactly what they were doing with developing him, with keeping him down, letting him finish out his college season before giving him that call up. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for the 2022-23 season for the Seattle Kraken because I feel like maybe this Kraken team could give Seattle their first ever taste of NHL playoff hockey. You're not wrong. You're um. You're not wrong. Uh, if we look at the the current landscape of things, let's see. The Flames they flamed out. All puns intended. Um, the it. Sharks. <sighs> come on, it's the Sharks. Uh, Vancouver is. I, I I can't even tell you about Vancouver these days. Um, well, the Ducks are still having a hard time. Yeah. Arizona is still. Wait, well, Arizona's not even in the. Pacific anymore. Um, I can't see the the, the uh, Pacific going the same way it did last year. Um, I think Knights. the Kings are there, but mm, I don't know because I was kind of sus how they got in there. Yeah, Golden Knights are finished, I think. I think they're cooked too. I think yeah. so too. So, so this really is a great opportunity for the Seattle Kraken to get that get their get their feet in the water. But not only that, but they're bringing in guys like the guy from the the Colorado Avalanche coming off a Stanley Cup run. Coming off, Isn't it Burakovsky? I believe it's Burakovsky. Yeah, Burakovsky. Okay. Yeah, they're bringing in Burakovsky, who I'm just shocked, so right. shocked that Burakovsky was able to land in the Kraken because I feel like the Kraken are getting so lucky with a lot of these free agent signings, with a lot of these uh, – w- well, with this with this Borgstrand trade, though, that was easy enough because they had, pick, they had future picks that they could trade away. And – that's something that is very valuable with Ron Francis is he knows exactly how many picks he has for the future. So he knows how many he can use to get a trade. And it just, it was really, it was really stunning to see that uh, Borgstrand was able to land in the, in the Seattle Kraken lap. But I mean, 
this is I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. My 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 pants are wet just thinking about the 2022-23 Seattle Kraken because you know, look, last year it was the first season for the Kraken, but was it yeah. a great season? No, no, no it wasn't. It a wasn't great unfortunately, I, we I we we had I had to threaten to fire you several times just to stop losing streaks. Right. For God's sake, right. I'm gonna let y'all know. Um, so I will say that you know, good on Ronald. We won't call him Ronald. Uh, good on Ronald for being not being afraid to trade away some uh, some picks. Now, I know a lot of you guys are new uh, to the sport, probably. Um, it's never a bad thing to trade picks because nine times out of 10, those picks might not even play. Let's be honest. So good on him for trying, you know, cause most GMs don't They'll, you know, hold on to it for as long as they can, you know, looking at you, Pat Verbeek, but um, yeah. So good on him for, for doing that. Good on him for making the offense a lot better. We talked about a lot last season about how the offense needed some work and the work is coming. It's, it's being done. It's being worked, so to speak. So, you know, good on them. Now that defense, mm, you have to, we're going to have to see. But That's work is only- being done. Progress is being made. I would not be surprised if one of two outcomes happen. Either they missed the playoffs by, like, three points or they're in that bitch in a wild card. One of the two. It's either one. I'm not going to lie. You know, if we miss the playoffs by three points, I'm not going to be disappointed because, yeah. because, because, look, I mean, are are the are the Kraken going to win a Stanley Cup here in the next five years? We don't know. We have we have no idea. Now, are, are can the Kraken get to the playoffs here in about uh, two four years? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's the fact of the matter that what you just said. If we miss it by three points, it's the fact that we had a successful season yeah. and we had that t- we had that taste of victory just right there. We right. had it. We got a taste for it. And then the next season, it's build on that season. And that's a big thing that I'm looking forward to, to talking with both John Forslund and JT Brown here in a couple of weeks. As everybody knows, we are now at the end of this podcast. We will be three episodes away from number 100. And we got a really cool special uh, hockey segment for you guys. As we, as you guys all know, John Forslund, Kay Hart and I have talked with John a couple of times, but John is going to be joined by JT Brown as well. So we get to talk with the guys who call Kraken games. And it's going to be so much fun to talk with these, with both John and JT, just about, you know, previewing this upcoming season for the Kraken because they have really good insights, especially JT. I am very interested to hear a lot of what JT Brown says because, you know, JT's been on the ice before. He's he's been a professional hockey player before. He knows exactly what it's like to go through what a lot of these players go through. So it's going to be very cool to talk with him. But also, uh, just to remind you guys, uh, as you can see that banner right there, be sure to subscribe to our second YouTube channel, BS Commentaries on YouTube. Follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google. Me and K-Hart, we just finally posted a new episode. Um it only took a week off, man. Relax. <laughs> but uh, listen, but it, we had a hard week, all right. <laughs> we did. No, we did have a hard. We had week. a hard week. I was at the ER, and K Hart here was sick, so Ooh, we had. Yeah, a- I was out of it. Yeah. But no, I mean, we made Heartbreak Ridge uh, on uh, Wednesday, which K Hart actually really did like. He mm-hmm. enjoyed that movie, and then uh, just yesterday, uh, 
I teamed up with Excuse the Intermission. We did Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. So we've been put. So we just put out two podcasts for the price of one week, and then next week it's three podcasts for the price of one. We're doing. Okay. We're doing Detective Pikachu, your mm-hmm. choice. Love yep. that choice. Yep. We're doing Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. But before that, we're doing uh, Anika Chung is going to be coming on, and I have a special surprise for her. We're going to be doing The Lion King. And wait, wait, wait! Live action or um, the animated? Live action. <laughs> or, or no, not live action. Animated. That's uh, what I'm asking because there's two, so you can't just say I, The I, Lion King. There's okay. two. <laughs> But I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, it. You would have to pay me. You would have to pay me to actually do that movie commentary on the live action because I went to go watch it in the theaters, and I wasted, <laughs> wasted my money on it. I thought it was terrible. Oh yeah, I challenge you to go watch Lion King the play from New York. Remember those good old days? Those no, those were good. The plays were those good. Were what good. are you talking about? The those plays were good. <laughs> I'd rather watch that than that. Yeah, movie. that's what I'm saying. Go watch the. Yeah, let's go do that right quick. I'm with oh. that. Um, <laughs> hey, real quickly, uh, really cool. I just told Roman about this, but uh, my shirt right here. Big shout out to No Shoes Nation. So this shirt I actually bought at the uh, the concert this past Saturday, but it had holes in them. And I emailed No Shoes Nation, and they said, "What's your address? What's your size?" And they sent me a brand new replacement plus three other T-shirts for the. For no charge. Wow, and that's really cool. I, it really is. And I was just on another podcast to talk about my experiences with uh, Kenny Chesney and his music, which uh, again, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a big cowboy, but, but I just love, I, I love Kenny Chesney's music. His, his music is awesome, but um, typical stereo, stereotypical white guy. <laughs> right? Who sells a shirt with holes in it? That's what I want to know. Um. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was it was a big it was a big event, so they were slicing up the boxes, they were getting everything out. Oh, so okay. I'm willing to bet. Okay, they, okay, they gave you a stab wound shirt. Got it. I'm willing to bet I wasn't the only one who had a hole in their T-shirt, but no. Um, uh, before we wrap up this uh, this hockey segment, though, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna we're gonna be back, of course, next week. Yeah. I mean, every week we're back here talking hockey, and I, I think it's you know, Khart, I I think it's incredible how we can go week to week to week including the off season and all we have to do we have ever we have so much to talk about and it's that's why i love hockey so much because it's a year round thing even when they don't play right but of course we're going to be back next friday we're going to be back next friday doing this show of course and um like i said we're not going to have any guests until the 100th podcast but i mean I do have to ask you this, K-Hart. So, John Forslund and mm-hmm. JT, how excited are you to be able to have a conversation with just not just an incredible broadcaster, but also one of the better, one of the most influential. Let me let me put this. Let me put it in this in this uh, positive way. Most influential African American hockey players of all time. That's special. Um... I did not have this in my uh, 2022 bingo card. And then again, <laughs> I, I haven't had a lot of things in my bingo card this year, so what do I know, right? Um, but this this is very big. I'm very excited. I'm very honored to actually be a part of it. Um, you know, we, we, we keep joking. Like, I thought this was a one-time thing. I never imagined that I would be doing this. Uh, and it's exciting. 
and also, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. This is this is something that I also because uh, you were not on yesterday or last week's show, but this is something I uh, need to tell you in person because mm-hmm. I, I I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I love you so much as a brother because you know I've known you now for almost a whole year, you know, and we, again we always joke about it. We thought it was a one time thing for you coming on here. It turned into something incredible. It turned yeah. into a great hockey segment. Not only do we talk Seattle Kraken, we talk Anaheim Ducks too. Because again, you know, I grew up an Anaheim Ducks fan. That's something that we connected with. We connected with Anaheim Ducks. We connected with hockey. And, you know, two years ago, I never thought, I never thought I would be able to reach 100 podcasts. Never thought I would be able to do it because of how badly the show started out with how piss poor the you know, my, my co-host was, my first co-host was, but, you know, it, the, the, <laughs> I'm sorry, go, go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but, go ahead, uh, go ahead. The fact that now, two years later, almost yeah. two and a half years later, you know, I'm on the, we're, we, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say me, because I don't want to make this about me, but we as a Seattle Sports Diaries family are on the verge of 100 podcasts. You have been along for the ride for now, I want to say about 30 of those episodes. I want to say about almost 30 of those episodes. And, you know, I I cannot thank you enough for the fact that you are not just a part of this podcast, but you are but you're the co-host of BS Commentary. You know, you are the one that you bring so much comic relief to that podcast as well. You bring a lot of comic relief as well to this one because we can joke around we yeah. can talk hockey, and that's what makes this so special. That I can honestly say I love you so much as a brother because I can't, and I can't wait for you to come out here to Seattle and hopefully next year and hang out. Uh, yeah, no because, doubt. Because, dude, I mean, like, uh, once you come here, you're gonna be like, okay, I think I need to move here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make Seattle money, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know about that, bro. You don't um, need. A- don't need to live in Seattle to move out here. I'm, I'm listen, telling you listen, that. But y'all, y'all ballers out there. That's all I'm saying. Y'all ballers. I see how y'all move. Yeah, but but again, K Hart, like I said, yeah. man, I I love you so much from the bottom of my heart because I appreciate you as well, dude. I mean, you are great. You're one of you're one of the best buds that I've ever met over social media, mm-hmm. and the fact that you are, you are the you are the hockey co-host. You are part of this segment, and the fact that you are co-host of BS Commentaries that means more to me than anybody else can ever imagine, and that that you could imagine. Because again, you know, you didn't have to take the t- you didn't have to take the thirty minutes out of your day. You didn't have to take about the hour or two and a half hours out of your Last day. Last night was two, but yeah, <laughs> you know, to do yeah. this. But no, you're just amazing, man. And I yeah. just I, I look forward to doing the 100 show with you because. I'm going to be making a video here in a couple of weeks, uh, thanking yeah. not just you, but everybody else who's been a part of this. And yeah, dude, I'm so excited to actually have John Forsen and JT Brown on this podcast, and we get to talk with them, and we get to talk crack and hockey with them. Likewise, I'm very, I'm very excited. That's that's big. Like that's man, I can't even put it into words. But like that, an opportunity like that just does not happen very often uh and so to have it happen right now is really special and i think it's right right before the season starts no well right for the preseason starts but yeah that's still a pretty big opportunity it really is and uh you know me and k hart we're gonna be back next friday 
by the way, I promise you next Friday, we're not going to have Wi-Fi issues. I'm not going to have to do it over my phone. It's not going to look ghetto like this. So thank God. Well, actually, wait, what kind of phone you got? iPhone. Well, I mean, but what model? Like the 12, uh, 11? 13 Pro Max. Oh, your camera quality looks fine. It looks like a, it looks like an actual uh, Nikon or a Canon. Like I couldn't tell. <laughs> Could not tell. But the bad part is that I don't have my laptop in front of yeah. me. Yeah. Look, look up stats. That's the bad yeah. part. Yeah, no, but, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But no, I mean, uh, like I said, so at the end of this podcast, three more to go until number 100. We're looking so forward to that. And, uh, you know, uh, getting out of here, man, I'm looking forward to next Wednesday, to this upcoming Wednesday, because, you know, I got a week off from work, by the way. I have a week off from work, so we're going to be starting. Yep, we're going to be starting the podcast on time we don't have to worry about nothing but this man right here suggesting detective pikachu oh he's a godsend we get to actually we get to nerd out again on on pokemon right well um if i may before we go the reason why i selected uh detective pikachu because i know i told you off um stream i don't know if i mentioned it on but the reason why is because that movie came out in 2019 and not a lot of people remember it, even though it was only three years ago. But like, you know, COVID happened and like time just got really long. Yeah. Like a lot of people's perception was, of time got warped. One of the last movies to get released before COVID. Right. And so like a lot of people probably think that came out like five years ago when in reality it was two. Mm-hmm. So um it's not even three years yet, because it came out, I think, in November. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even three years um, yet. <laughs> by the way, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but have you ever heard of the starter squad on YouTube? Uh, I'm familiar. Um, I would suggest you go watch that. So it's, you're not even going to believe this. So they've made 10 episodes over the past 10 years. So they basically make an episode once per year, which is really stupid because everybody, everybody's waiting for these. There's only two more episodes left, but it's a really cool little, um, mini series. The 10 episodes are a total, like a little over an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. 10 years. Don't try. Hopefully, hopefully, though, here in about two years when we're doing BS commentaries as well, um, I think we should do that one because that's a that's a really cool little comedy series to do. But um, you know what? I think it's time that both you and I get out of here. We go do our own thing for the rest of the day. But uh, K Hartman, I'm looking forward to talking with you next Friday, brother. All right, look forward to it. Later, homie. Y'all be good. Later, man. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of uh, BS Commentaries. Uh, For everybody who does not know, please do go subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're trying to get a media pass uh, with the Seattle Mariners. They told us that if we could reach up to 1,000 subscribers, then maybe we can get a media pass for next year, and hopefully uh, that will also entitle us to be able to get to the All-Star game as well. But uh, this is Mike. I am sending... So long, good night, good afternoon, wherever the heck you are, and uh, we will see you next Friday, guys.